I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found check battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth brings you quality hunting clothing and packs at a price that you deserve. Check them out at HuntworthGear.com. This podcast uh, may be one of the most fulfilling podcasts that I've ever done. You know, we talk a lot about Patreon and we'll get into that. About all the stuff that we give away, what it allows us to do. Um, But at the root of it, it has built... A community that's got people who would have never met together to help each other, to hunt, to you know garner these relationships, to mentor people. And uh, this podcast has three different patrons from three different states who all came to Michigan to hunt turkeys, and uh, ultimately, you know, left birds to come over and hunt with me, and uh, you know. All the things happened. We'll get into it on the podcast, but you know, just super cool to have that community um, being built and to garner like real friendships and mentorships and and all of that um, is really incredible. And so, you know, our Patreon is you know Patreon is crowdfunding for creators. So ultimately, it helps to fund the show, helps us to do things. Uh, like what we're doing at the Total Archery Challenge, putting on a big uh, cookout. Uh, we've got 30 pounds of pork um, and some elk ribs uh, secured f- through one of our, our Patreons. And we're going to you know, cook out, hang out, and uh, shoot the shit with whoever uh, stops by. We've got, you know, it allowed us to bring Greg Litzinger in to stay with us, shoot with us, hang out, um, and give him a place to kind of meet up with you know, everybody around and, you know, obviously all the patrons that are going to be there. Um, it's super awesome, but you know, it's also through Marco Polo and, um, through the Facebook group and all of that, it's brought people together. And, uh, this podcast is directly from that. So, I mean, you know, 33 cents a day, whatever, five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month gets you a lot of different things through Patreon. But what it does is, you know, it gives you a community of people that, you know, aren't the bullies on Facebook saying, 
you have to do it my way or you have to do it this way. Um, you know, for some guys that are just learning that, that can be intimidating. So I'm just, just really happy with the way that this turned out, you know, so we do do giveaways from our, our sponsors and, and people. So I got to go through all of that and I just wrote them all down and there's, I mean, seven different things that were given away. Uh, Huntworth is giving away rain gear in this uh, podcast, in the hunt, these mosquitoes that we're talking about. I was wearing the rain jacket uh, to keep the mosquitoes off of me. Um, but rain gear is one of those things. So they're giving away a set of rain gear and uh, one of their packs. The tarnin pattern, if you haven't checked it out, is really awesome. Um, you know, we used Spartan Forge to map uh, all this public land that we were going on. Uh, just about 10 miles we walked, or I, I'd gone that day. So we probably did, you know, six miles on this piece of property uh, with these guys. <laughs> Spartan Forge, their mapping um, is incredible. Um, their imagery is unbelievable. And, you know, during this time of the year, that's what I'm pumping, you know, talking about the imagery. Uh, but the real bread and butter of Spartan Forge tells you when you need to be in the woods. Um, it uses this algorithm. It uses um, artificial intelligence, used military-grade software um, to kind of track these deer, pattern these deer, and tell you when is the best day to be where um, to, to get a handle on these. So Spartan Forge is giving away one of their memberships. Lucky Buck, um, I got some pictures of some does uh, on my camera fighting, uh, you know, standing full up on back legs, fighting over uh, the stump that the Lucky Buck's on that we put out uh, in the wintertime. Um, but they also have seed. I'm sending some, some the seed up uh, with my dad to our property to put that up. They're giving away your choice, one of the, one of the other. Um, Zinger Fletchings. You know, they just sent me some more fletchings um, to put on for my Turtle Archery Challenge arrows. They're going to be shooting those again at TAC. Um, you know, we're giving away another bow. Um, I like to give away things that people normally wouldn't try. So uh, with our friends at Bowhunter Planet, I was able to get my hands on um, one of the gearheads. Uh, so we got a, a gearhead, um, I believe it's a T24, and we're giving that away. Uh, Redline, who was on the podcast uh, a little while back, uh, is giving away a full package with uh, sight, quiver, and stabilizer. All of that is great stuff um, that we're we're giving away through Patreon. But I think uh, podcasts like this and this kind of shows you what we're building through Patreon. We talk about it a little bit, bit at the end, uh, but we're going to put together a Patreon deer hunt. Um, so we're going to try to do a camp out deer camp, um, type atmosphere, um, no pressure, uh, here in Michigan and, uh, getting that put together, uh, because we did have so much fun on this hunt. So if you guys want to, if you like this, um, you know, this is a great, uh, podcast, but, um, check it out. Patreon.com forward slash bowhunter chronicles podcast, or you can just go on our Instagram, click the link tree and click on Patreon. Our website, bowhunter chronicles podcast.com has the, the link for Patreon on there. Um, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention one of our other sponsors. Um, I got uncle Frank hooked up with one of those adjustable red dots. Again, uh, I got the video on Instagram, on TikTok, of my daughter shooting, you know, consistently, uh, with this red dot, I'm going down there uh, to see Tim to have one put on the the bear bow that we've got, and uh, my dad's going to get one uh, all set up too uh, for hunting this season. Um, 
extremely fast target acquisition, no peep sight, center of the dot, and shoot. So if you're having trouble low light, um, if you're having trouble uh, putting all the pieces together, but you still want to shoot a vertical bow, um, definitely check them out. Um, check them out at adjustablered.com. But uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Like I say, this one is probably one of my favorite podcasts that we've done just because of like what it represents and kind of what we're what we're doing over here. Um, so I want to thank those guys for making the trip. And uh, as always, enjoy the episode. So hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. And uh, catching up, uh, the last episode, if you heard, um, I'd been out hunting with a couple of listeners, a couple of Patreons from the podcast. So I got them on here to kind of recap that hunt and kind of their decisions for, you know, I've never went out of state turkey hunting and it didn't really ever cross my mind. Um, and maybe we'll get into the little bit of why that is, um, as we, uh, get further into this, but, um, but yeah, so I've got, uh, you know, if you listen to the podcast or you've been listening very long, uh, the most frequent guest on the podcast ever, uh, Tim Clark, um, along with a couple other, uh, Patreons, uh, Eric Redder and TJ Recipco, I believe is how you say that. Um, yeah, you got it. But, uh, but yeah, so if you guys just want to go uh, ahead and introduce yourselves a little bit so that people can hear your voices and kind of hear who's talking, uh, we'll just go clockwise, Tim Clark. and Yeah, hey, you guys might uh, recognize the voice. This is the first time we've done the video podcast um, that I've been on, so it's new for me here, but um this was actually a pretty cool opportunity that uh eric and tj were able to come and and hunt at my place and around here in michigan uh just kind of developed sort of uh out of the blue it was kind of eric's idea to come along and try to try to get on some turkeys since it's a little bit more uh i guess abundant supply of them around here than where he's from so i offered up a place to stay and I've got plenty of places that usually have birds on them. So that was pretty much my part in it. So I got to play guide and have some fun with these guys. It's a pretty cool opportunity. <laughs> fun story. And then TJ, uh, for you, like I said, we'll just go around and kind of do some introductions. Um, you know, what's your hunting background? Um, I, like I say, Tim's been on here before, so he, they may be familiar with kind of his 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 backstory. But but for yourself, like what's, what's your hunting background? Uh, uh, lineage, I guess. Yeah. So most of the guys in the Marco Polo would know this is my second year hunting. Uh, I hunted a few times as a kid growing up with my dad and grandpa, but last year I really got into it. This year is my first year turkey hunting and it all kind of came together with Eric. I was, Hey, I'm going to Michigan in May. I'm like, well, he's like, well, you're on the way. I'm like, well, I guess I'll just tag along with you. So I shot him a message and he was down for it too. So I kind of just tagged along with the whole experience and I definitely learned a lot. It was, it was a really fun time. So just do it, just hunting a couple times as a kid, like what made you get back into it? Like as an adult or what's the draw to it at this point? So there's a, a very close buddy I have at work and I've known him for the past seven, eight years. And last year he goes, well, why don't you come hunt with me on my grandpa's farm? And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I fell in love with it this time. And, from growing up as a kid, it was a totally different experience. Okay. And then, so what, I mean, uh, what, what level are you at as far as hunting? Um, 
like, I guess I, I guess the only thing that comes to my head right now is like from like casual hunter to like, like balls deep. Like I got to hunt everything. Like, probably I'm more casual for sure. Okay. I'm a weekend warrior kind of guy. Okay. Okay. Cause I mean, like I say, for me, like, uh, I mean, I guess if I was around people that were doing it, uh, but just to be like, yeah, I'm an, I've never hunted turkeys before. I'll go out of state. I'll do an out of state turkey hunt. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, but so, so Eric, um, you're the mastermind behind this whole thing. Uh, what is your, like I say, hunting background and then kind of as far as turkeys and, and, and everything like that, uh, to include in that. Yeah. We, we've talked about this amongst the group on the, the Patreon quite a bit, um, but I'm an adult onset hunter. Started uh, five years ago, so I'm 36 now. I'm a high school teacher here in Buffalo, and um, I'm an ex-college athlete. And so big into competition and figuring out stuff on your own. And so just picked it up, one, actually, argument with my wife one day. I won't go into a long story, but basically I said, I'm going to do this. And she said, no, you, you always say you're going to do it, and you you're not going to do it. And I said, to heck with you signed up, got my hunter ed shot two does that first year. And I've been rolling ever since, I guess, hunting wouldn't necessarily say killing a lot of things or killing big bucks, but that's what got me into it. Um, as far as how I got hooked up with Tim, <clears throat> we ended up getting with you and TJ was, uh, you know, a couple years back tethered, really tethered, really put together those teach and train, uh, events. And so again, being a teacher, um, I head off for a week in spring break. So I wanted to come check out the teaching and train somewhere. Um, cause there wasn't anyone, any, any event in New York, at least local. And, uh, so I came out to Muskegon where you guys were hosting it, got to chat with you, run into, run into Tim. Um, and so Tim and I kind of struck up a little friendship. We were all on the Patreon together. And uh, then I put in for hosting a tethered teaching train in Buffalo, which was awesome. That was last August. So Tim came to my house. Uh, he brought a buddy from work. And I thought the event was great. Uh, I don't know if Tethered's doing them much anymore, but uh, I thought it was a great time. And um, I said, Tim, we, we should do a turkey hunt in the spring together. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And so we just stayed in touch all over deer season over the winter on Patreon. And uh, TJ lives off uh, Interstate 90. So I just head west. And hopped right off the highway, picked him up and came to Tim's house. And then, um, you know, we were trying to figure out if we'd ever get up with you or anyone else in the Patreon group. And as luck would have it, we ended up getting together. So <laughs> that's kind of the long and the short of it. So your background, turkey hunting, like, like, what is the difference? So for, I, I again, I didn't really realize that like people who deer hunted, didn't turkey hunt. I mean, I guess I did because I grew up that way, but it's been such a long time now that like, I just, I turkey hunt. Like it just, it just comes, it's just what you do in the spring when you're not, you know, if, if you're serious about hunting, that's what you do. So the learning curve of not knowing anybody that hunts adult onset hunter, you know, for deer, there isn't like the learning, the calling, there isn't like the roosting, there isn't uh, any of that stuff. So how is it like, did you have a mentor or anybody that helped you or you just listen to podcasts and watch videos or, or what? 
it's it, it's all been been podcasts and videos. I hit it. I hit it at the sweet spot in life where I was in a place in life where I had some means and access to figuring out technology and just the flood of information, whether it be the the YouTubers, the influencers, and then the podcasts all came out. And um, specifically, you know, I have a wife, I have kids, I have a life like everyone else. So I try and balance things. Um, but as a lot of people say, Turkey is a little bit more accessible, given that it's a cheaper tag. Um, there's not as much pressure, although I would argue that there's a lot pr- more pressure these days. And, um, you know, it's a little bit easier in the fact that there's no scent, there's no, uh, you're not hunting scrapes, right? You're not hunting rubs, like you're going to locate them and you're going after them. And by and large, as I'm sure we'll talk about tonight, uh, I certainly get upset when I miss one or I, or I don't kill anything. The people just aren't as uh, particular about them or they're not as sensitive. I know some guys are super into it and I'm into it, but they're not as over the top as a lot of you guys know with deer, you know. So I think you have a little bit easier entry if you're going to try and learn it yourself, or at least that's what I found. Um, and also, again, I've been doing it for five years now, but being an adult onset hunter, a lot of people love to go with other people turkey hunting. That's the other thing. So if you can make, uh, friends or establish a network a lot of people are interested in taking you calling with you going with you or showing people the ropes which is what i did with tj this year again i think it just goes back to people are not as sensitive around turkeys as they are with deer so um i've hunted in a bunch of different states just because the mapping technology is here now and the podcast and the information are here and so i'm always up for a challenge and and um yeah i mean i think i think it's fun and it's an easy way to get into it and try something new. And, uh, you know, depending on the state's tag system, you could prepay for your license and your Turkey tag, like in Michigan. And then you just upgrade to your deer tag later in the fall. So it's another good way to explore an area scout, as a lot of these guys say, and then come back in the fall. Cause you've already bought a license depending on each state's tag cycle. So that's one of those things where I've sort of learned and figured out going on. It's kind of like two for one spread out the costs and, also spread out the time on your family. That's that's what I found. So before we get into the hunt in Michigan and, uh, you know, from, uh, what do you call it? The the Clark Ranch. Um, Clark, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you had actually went down and you uh, hunted in Ohio or hunted with TJ in Ohio. And one of the things that's cool, you know, you mentioned the Marco Polo group. And we, uh, like last year, I messed up on a turkey because I was Marco Poloing you guys and these jakes were coming in and I dropped the phone and it hit my thermos. I mean, that's how serious we are about turkey hunting up here. Um, you know, I was on the phone, you know, dropped my phone on my coffee, uh, and the, the turkeys were still there and they didn't end up coming into the decoys. Um, but you know, you were like on Marco Polo, like live streaming, like giving us the play by play. And then all of a sudden a gunshot goes off and you're, running through the field so um uh, kind of give us the the story on, on that hunt and what, what kind of led up to that well, tj do you want to start or do you want me to start with that uh, we had two different viewpoints so they're gonna yeah, start on somewhere. that i guess all right go for it <clears throat> so that mo- so that e- the evening before eric came out from new york obviously crashed at my house with me and my fiance and our daughter and kind of bullshit a little bit actually watching full draw assassins before we left that morning 
And we went down to my grandparents' place out here in Northeast Ohio, and their property butts up to, I don't know, probably 12, 12 or 1,300 acres of public. And I also have access to the property on the west side, too. So in the morning, we didn't hear anything, didn't see anything. We just we heard other hunters in the area, obviously, because of the public land butting up right next to it. And then we worked towards the other property we have access to. It butts up to a big ag field. And we're just walking through the woods. Eric pulled up his bind. I was like, oh, there's birds, there's birds. So we kind of got, I set up on a tree. Eric was calling. They started coming in. They hung up a little bit and he started doing some drop back calling. He didn't, he couldn't see anything from when he started doing drop back calling. He's behind a big brush pile. He, he couldn't see absolutely anything that I could see. Two big toms came in northwest of where I was sitting at. They hung up. Turns out to be 63 yards. I thought they were closer than they were. <laughs> and uh, they hung up, and I said it was the first time I'd been turkey hunting. That was my first actual turkey hunt, so I didn't, really, didn't know what to do, what to expect. I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to let one fly, and this fate has it missed, but it was it was fun. It was, a, it was a great time. And these guys, just for, you know, for anybody that's listening and they're saying, like, 63 yards, you know, blah, 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 rangefinder. This is bow hunting podcast. These guys, guys were hunting with shotguns. So, and, you know, if you're on the TSS train or, or any of this stuff with those new savage, you know, shotguns and TSS chokes, like people are shooting them out to that distance. Obviously, you heard him say that he didn't, uh, uh, know what the distance was. So he thought it was a, a lot closer, but he wasn't just taking pot shots with his bow. Just, uh, that ought to do it, you know on his first turkey hunt. So I just thought I'd put that out there and (laughs) for the guy listening at home, like 63 yards, you know, what are you doing? So anyway, so I guess uh, we'll get your perspective here in just a second, Eric, like from, from your side of it, but for, for you, TJ, like, like for any new hunter or for anybody that we're talking to, like on the podcast, that's listening, um, going from a, a new hunter, first time turkey hunting, like that type of perspective, like what did you learn from that hunt? Definitely be more patient. And <clears throat> we didn't really get set up correctly when this all happened. Cause it's kind of like a spurt of thing moment. We didn't have decoys out. We didn't have anything out. So it was just kind of, we kind of just went with the flow as it kind of happened at that point. Okay. So, so you're saying just be more, be more patient for, be um, more prepared, be more patient. Uh, well, I think the decoy thing, I mean, if you've yeah. turkeys long enough, sometimes they just see the decoys and turn right around. And then other times, you know, they, they hang up anyway. So, I mean, the, we're, when we were hunting turkeys, we're doing it opposite of nature. You know, the, the toms yeah. are big and pretty for a reason. They get the, the birds to come to them. So that, you know, but the being patient thing. Like, you know, sometimes you'll sit there for, for literally hours and just wait for them to move that 30 yards that you need to get. Yeah. Them, so. so Eric, I mean, the new hunter, the mentor, the, all the things, um, it went from like the ultimate validation to like, ah, damn it. So like your perspective. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, so that, you know, there were a couple of things that I was wanting to remind myself to remind him and in general for the day. And, and I, I didn't. And one of the things I said afterwards, we ended up not recovering the bird, which thankfully he didn't hit anything. And we did our due diligence. We searched, um, there was no blood, nothing like that, no feathers. 
I should have told him, and he'd been practicing with a mouth call, so he could do a decent mouth call. And I should have told him, hey, you need to have a mouth call in at all times because if we have to set back up, if we have to set up, I told him if the situation lent itself to that, I was going to try and read the birds, the situation, and then maybe drop back call in that scenario, which is what we did. And so I think one of the things that, again, TJ, with his first experience, I mean, he had two big toms coming in. And there was a pile of 10 of them. So, I mean, there's a lot of birds out there. And um, I think they hung up on an inside corner off an ag field, and they came in on a little lane, just like an ATV lane or a logging road lane. And, you know, they got to about 30 yards inside the timber, and they couldn't see the source of the sound. And obviously, I'm further back behind TJ, so I don't know what's actually going on. Um, and so we didn't make a plan because we had to scramble and get set up. Um, and if TJ would have had a mouth call in that instance, he probably could have convinced them or coaxed them to come in a little bit further. Um, but it happened so quick because like everyone says, when you're turkey hunting, you want to be where they want to go in theory or where they're going. And so we didn't have to pull them in a different direction or pull them off of hens. Um, the funny thing about that is we thought the other neighbors were calling because these hens were going crazy. And I thought it was the neighbors on the other property. This was opening day in Ohio, the northern zone. So that would have been late uh, uh, late April because the southern zone opens up a little earlier. And uh, so afterwards, I asked TJ, I was like, was someone else calling over there? He's like, no, that was the hens. So, you know, I was cutting them off every time they cut me off. And those, those toms broke away from those hens, which was a good thing. But, um, you know, I, I wish I would have told him to have that mouth call in from the minute we left the truck. Um, Maybe it would have helped. Maybe it wouldn't have. But that was one of those things afterwards. I was like, I wanted to tell them that and I didn't. Um, but we got in the place where we knew they were going to go. Um, you know, we spotted them early. They were working from the timber into the ag, off the ag, into the next block of timber. And so we didn't know when that was going to be. I think this encounter happened at 930 or 10, you know, which is generally, you know, like midday when they're looking to move or they're looking to break away. So we had that right, but we... We didn't have the rest of the pieces right, so uh, it would have been great. And and to your point about streaming it on uh, Patreon, we we all stream our hunts. I mean, Edwin, one of the guys in Iowa, is streaming his hunt for the Velvet series trying to get earlier this year. And so it's something we're all doing. And so I'm sitting there giving everyone the update, like, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what TJ is doing. And then all of a sudden, I'm, and I'm back in some brush. There's no way the birds could see me. All of a sudden, I hear boom, and I was like, oh my god, it's TJ. And so I just take off and. I didn't turn the phone off. I just kept running and I'm, we're like high-fiving, getting ready to celebrate. And I'm like, where's the turkey? Where's the turkey? Where's the turkey? And uh, he's like, it's over there. It's over there. And so you guys on the Patreon all caught it. I mean, it was awesome. It, it, I couldn't have planned it better. I had no idea where the birds were and I could, I didn't even know he was getting ready to shoot. It just happened like that. It was, it was awesome. It was, I think that was the best part. <laughs> well, yeah. So, and I think it's like one of those things where, I would imagine like as an adult onset hunter, like maybe one of the draws to something like this is, is that if you don't have anybody to share it with or anybody else to get excited with you, then it's like, okay, so now I just, it's just me finishing up my work. Like now there's just more work to do. So, I mean, I can see like, you know, it's like all those things where, you know, you're scrolling through Instagram or whatever. And then it's like, you just killed this buck. Like who's the first person that you call or like you watch the videos and they are always on the phone with whomever high five and, you know? Um, so that was just like a very global 
uh, that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And so that was like a couple weeks before you guys uh, came to Michigan. Yeah, so that was yeah. the opener in Ohio, uh, the Northern Zone. So whatever April thirtieth, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, I I had to coach soccer when they came up, and so I had a game at eleven. And I said, well, I'll figure out where you guys are at, and uh, we'll make something happen. And so we tried to do a little bit of uh, coordination there. And uh, for, for all intents and purposes, there, you guys should have never came to see me. Like, you should have never done that uh, because you should have been tagged out, and we should have just went and had beers and not had to deal with the mosquitoes. Um, because of Tim Clark's excellent guides that he has working under him, his properties, his all the things. So, I mean, Tim, these, these foreigners come rolling into the ranch and you're like, yep, we just let the turkeys out. They're right there. Uh, we got them all situated. Like, how did that work out? Yeah, that's pretty much it. So we've got a barn full of them <laughs> and, uh, we just let them loose in the morning, you know, and <laughs> no, I'll actually kind of go back and answer a little bit of your first question at the intro there to lead into this because on the property that I live on here, uh, my wife's family has owned this for years and I've been turkey hunting out here now for probably 15 or 16 years and it's usually pretty productive. So when Eric reached out and wanted to come and hunt, I knew immediately it was like, I've got a place to stay and there's usually birds that we can get on. Um, now, all three of my boys like to turkey hunt too. So we get out a little bit, but man, spring is so stinking busy. We almost don't get a chance to hunt much. So I kind of thought, all right, well, if we do get a chance to hunt, I better line up a few other spots. So I've always got other connections, other places that we can, we can get on birds. And I've been scouting a handful of different properties and felt pretty confident that these guys would be able to have a good time coming to hunt here. So it was, uh, it was starting to get, I don't know, I was getting a little bit discouraged on a couple of the properties I've been seeing birds on. They started kind of disappearing and, and, uh, on my place, it was still pretty good and we hadn't been out there very much. So, um, we basically started with that in mind and then, uh, you know, that we would start at my place and then move on from there. And I still have like four different properties that I hadn't even, I haven't hunted at all this year. Um, because this ended up just being, it was, it was excellent this year. And then, uh, just down the road, I've got a friend, uh, John, which I've, I've mentioned him on the podcast before too. Um, he's got a field just down the road from his house that he's had access to for a long time. And it's been really productive for him too. So it's a little bit different style. And it was kind of, it was weird because watching, Eric's exploits on our Marco Polo group. It was like, he's on public land, stomping around, tearing it up, adventure all over the place. And, uh, it's a little different pace here. You know, when you're, you know, walking out of the barn, you know, 10 minutes, you're on the back Ridge, sitting the pop-up blind and, and, uh, hope you can call the birds from the roost on my place or go down to, down to John's place there. He's, you know, Within eyesight of the pickup truck, you you know, park it, walk down the field edge and hop into there and 
and hope you're in the right spot when the birds come out and you can get them to come to you. So it's not as much, you know, wearing out the boot leather and chasing after them as much as it is just kind of knowing their patterns and being able to try to get on them. And uh, it ended up being absolutely phenomenal. It was fun. These guys, you know, they, they wanted to come and, and get into some numbers of birds. And we definitely did that. I think I'm sure these guys will attest to it. It was, it was fun. We had so much gobbling and I mean, off they were on the roost gobbling and then they pitched down and still talking. It was probably the best bird vocalizations I'd had out there all season. It was like we hit the sweet spot that weekend. So, so, T- so TJ, for you, like, again, like first year turkey hunting, like going and hunting with Eric and then going to Tim's, like, let's talk about the, the contrast there, like, like expectation versus reality. <clears throat> going in, honestly, to the Michigan trip, for me, my expectation was learn and bank as much knowledge as I could. I honestly didn't care if I seen a bird, if I heard a bird, if I got a bird. For me, it was picking Tim's brain, picking your brain, picking Eric's brain, picking John's brain, just grasping knowledge from everybody and just kind of figuring out what I can take in the next season and just learn off of that. That was honestly my expectation going into Michigan. And reality was absolutely awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, t- I tell him, uh, Tim and Eric, when those birds were coming in and just hearing them gobbles, <clears throat> as you know, I harvested that buck this year, my, my first deer ever. I was shaking more for that, for the turkeys. I was more excited for the turkeys than I was over that. <laughs> yeah. And it was like a one sixty or something that he killed. So it, was, it wasn't like it was a, this four point or something, but, and then Eric, like, like to Tim's point, right? So you're you're out there and you're always like going, checking these cameras, driving to all these spots. So uh, did it, you said you wanted to go on an adventure and then, then that's, uh, that's when you came to see me. Um, but, uh, what, when you're, when you're at Tim's, like what, what was the, the thought process like? Was it like, cause Eric lives in Buffalo and he shows us all of these, these deer that are like, at the high school, in the park, like eating his shrubs and that you, that you can't hunt them. And so, I mean, it had to have been kind of like a little bit of sweet revenge where you're like, well, I'm just going to walk right over here and, and shoot at these turkeys or, or whatever, because we are that close. But, you know, what are you thinking like from, from that perspective of the, like Tim said, your adventures to kind of a different pace? Well, I was a little bit spoiled the previous year. Uh, so, you know coming up to the Muskegon event, you guys must have, in conjunction with showing off all the saddle wares and whatnot, you must have just dropped all the turkeys there at the Bowman's Club just to <laughs> show off to everybody because they, I mean, they were everywhere and you guys were so blase about it. Like, oh, yeah, there's a turkey there. Oh, yeah, the turkeys are over that way. And I'm like, you know, we have decent numbers in New York, but they're going down. And the data will tell you that. And you talk to guys, they're, they're going down. I mean, it, the numbers are it's getting tough for a lot of reasons. And so not my poor hunting to be discluded either. So um, I knew there was going to be a healthy number of birds, no matter where we went. Um, And I've hunted private land off and on, but I don't really, I wouldn't say that I have much private land experience or uh, exposure. So yeah, I'm used to walking and I know it's crazy, but 
some people put out cameras for turkeys. I do just because I want to maximize my time between my family and ample time to harvest, uh, you know, animals. And so I knew there was going to be opportunity. I didn't know what that was going to look like. And so I told TJ on that first day, we hunted back on, on the Clark family ranch. I was like, you're the shooter. Like this is, this is about you. And so, uh, hoping to confirm the things that I thought and I knew, or I could do in getting birds to come in or positioning ourselves to react to the birds. Um, so all those things, I guess, were, were positive from Ohio that it worked, uh, except the final part. And then same thing in the early stages of Michigan, it worked, um, except the final stages. So yeah, that, those were my expectations and I was not disappointed, not disappointed whatsoever. And so you guys went out, like, I think Tim had to work on that Friday or whatever. So you guys, had come in either late Thursday night or something. Then you hunted by yourself. Yeah, we rolled in just after midnight. So it'd be Friday morning, just after midnight. And by the time we got everything out of the car into the barn to the campers, probably pushing, pushing one o'clock up at four, four forty-five, and went back out at it. And so Eric, what was the first morning? Like, cause you, you were running point. Tim Price said, yeah, there's birds over there. Go ahead and find them. Exactly. That's exactly it. Uh, you know, he, he left a breadcrumb trail for us and everything put us right in the spot. No. Um, I mean, I think the way the first morning played out was exactly why if people don't travel for turkeys or have it, um, you know, why I've, I've tried to do that. I know you've had guys on here who do that and go all around the country and they'll be the they'll be the first people to attest to it. So I, I get a lot of value out of those guys, but the fact that it's not the same as deer. And again, people are not as sensitive in particular, you know, you locate them, you hear them, and then you react uh, is, is sort of the way it goes, especially if you know, birds are on the property. So Tim gave us a general direction. We walked in, we, we got set up and right off the rip, I mean, they're goblin. And, and I was really concerned because I know your guys tag system is a little different than the States that I've hunted in. And so this would have been at some point in this part of the state, the middle part of the year. So I was worried about the level of gobbling or, you know, level of activity because in, in New York, we opened up on May 1st. And so I think we came in middle May. So for your guys season, this would have been a couple weeks in almost a month in. So I, I didn't know that was the big variable. I didn't know. Uh, I Tim had shared good things and, you know, he gave us a, realistic uh expectations but i just didn't understand because i'm gauging it off of the start of my season and kind of what i think the birds are going to do locally where i am at that point in the year but like tim said it was it was a great weekend it was everything you want in terms of activity sightings gobbles everything and um i told tj i mean jump in anywhere you want tj i said tj if it, if it doesn't happen right away uh it's going to happen at 10 or 10 30. I said, so we'll just stick in till noon or one o'clock. I said, but at least we'll get a chance to observe. I hate the term observation sit, but it, it, it was basically that. Um, so I'm sleeping on the floor. Well, we try and work this bird early in the morning and a hen actually goes to a goblin off to our, uh, off to our West. And so I said, all right, we're just going to shut up and hang out for a while because that hen's over there. So I'm going to sleep on the floor of the blind and TJ either kicked me or woke me up or something. He goes, I heard a gobble. Thank God TJ didn't fall asleep because I drove the whole way. So I was tired. And I was like, really? And 10, 1030, whatever it is, we worked him in. He came in. There were two of them. 
And TJ was talking about that, uh, that feeling or that adrenaline rush and everyone, uh, the listeners will know this feeling. There were two toms that came in, but one of them did one of those thunder gobbles, like right off to our left of the blind. We couldn't see it. So it was like a surprise gobble at like 15 yards. And I mean, it shook the blind. It shook us. I mean, and that, that's what you want. That's what you want. I wanted that for TJ. You want it when you go out. And uh, the bird that eventually did come in, skirted the decoys a little bit, stayed low. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. Didn't come up onto the rise uh, where we had the decoys and we didn't booger it. So we knew, all right, if we can slip out of here, that this bird will be in play for later in the day as well as later in the weekend. And the the big variable and all this from my limited ability or skill is that I have not been in states where you can hunt in the afternoon. So I'm sure that'll come up later in the, in, in the, in the conversation, but that was one of the big attract. That was one of the big things that attracted me to Michigan was that it was an all day uh, window to hunt. And so, in years past or in my past experience, it's like, all right, you don't booger that up. Maybe scout your way out and then make a plan for the next morning type deal, or try and roost him that night. No, no, no. We're full on planning to hunt at some point later in the afternoon when we met up with Tim. So that was kind of neat. Or that was that was my first time getting to do an all day hunt in terms of an all day state. So Tim, you get home from work and these guys are sleeping in the barn and, uh, they, they tell you about everything. Like, what was your plan for the evening? Like, how did that play out? Yeah. So that's kind of the funny thing. It's weird because Eric mentions, mentions, you know, the kind of blase feeling that we have, like, oh yeah, there's turkeys over here, turkeys over there. I've never really hunted them in the afternoon. And, and, uh, so his perspective of being able to hunt them was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, we can, this will be kind of fun. And I have killed birds in the afternoon. I've done it. I've, you know, we've had those opportunities, but man, I've always just been tore up with getting out there early and hearing them gobble on the roost. So that was really like my focus, but then I was like, all right, cool. Well, their experience played out. Like I couldn't, have, I couldn't have planned that any better. Put them, you know, in a spot that's been real productive for me. And it ended up being really fortuitous that it played out the way it did for them. And then I thought, boy, we've got to have at least one of us sitting back there this evening. So this was Friday. And, uh, again, John was able to, he, he called me up and he's like, Hey, I'll take one of the guys over to my field. If you want to take one back there and we can split up and maximize opportunity. So it ended up being really cool because they had been rested up. They had had a great experience. I felt like the day was already, you know, the best it could possibly be without tagging a bird, you know? So the afternoon was like, this is going to be fun. We're going to go out there. We'll give it our best and see what happens. And, uh, 
so TJ and I ended up going back out here and uh, back at my place and Eric went with John and it ended up being a wash out here. There was pretty much, there was nothing going on. We didn't have any activity for the evening, but the excitement was, it was definitely in the air. You know, you could feel like, all right, there was birds here midday. We know they've been roosting close. There's a chance that they could be coming back. And it's a little bit of a, a ridge. It's kind of a, a flat on the top of this, um, kind of drops down into a little creek bottom. And the birds tend to roost over by that creek bottom. And it's on the neighbor's property. So it's one of those weird spots where they don't roost on my property. And sometimes they pitch down and they head west to the neighbor's. Um, where it's a little bit more ag over there. There's some cattle and a corn crib and stuff that they can peck around through. And if we can get them to pitch down in my direction towards the east, there's not any ag for them or anything, but it's fairly open timber. So it's a good spot, you know? So if they're, if they come through there in the morning and they head farther east, you know, they're going to come back for the afternoon. Well, it ended up not happening for us that night, but still you could feel like, Oh, there's a chance. So it was, it was pretty fun. Um, but we knew that, uh, Saturday morning was probably going to be on fire, you know, and that was, I think we were all pretty excited for what was going to, going to happen on Saturday because we, we pretty much had looked at the forecast was saying it was going to be perfect for the morning. At least, uh, afternoon was looking like that was probably where we were going to have to play an audible. And, and we did that's when we, went across the state to dodge a, a rainstorm. So, um, but it ended up being really fun because from my perspective, uh, you know, I've been doing this for long enough that I don't even care to kill birds anymore. It's fun. I, I like eating turkey. I like killing them and stuff, but man, I love getting people into them. So sitting in a blind, you know, like you're saying by myself, eh, I just don't do it. I, I hardly turkey hunt alone. Um, but man, was it fun taking TJ out there and seeing the look on his face, especially, you know, we're going to have to have him chime in on, on his, uh, his emotions, man, when Saturday morning, they started just sounding off on us. Yeah. So, so, so TJ, uh, you wake up four o'clock or whatever, uh, Saturday morning, take us through, through your morning hunt. So Saturday morning, we switched a little bit from what we did Friday morning. So we were facing one way. We literally pretty much just spun the blind around. So it was all facing. of you or did, did Eric go with, uh, it was, uh, John? it was me and Tim. It was me and Tim. Okay. So when me and Tim went back out Saturday morning, we pretty much just spun the blind 180 from what we were the day before. We're facing the direction the birds were roosting at. <clears throat> one was hammering on the limb first thing in the morning. I mean, we were, we were probably in the blind, what Tim, five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he started coming, working this Creek bank all the way down the, the, down the property line, pretty much. And he pretty much skirted the property line and kept hammering, hammering, hammering. He got another bird fired up. The other bird started coming. He did the same thing. He came in a little bit closer. He, he hung up and he started to work away. So Tim's like, oh, I'm going to try and do some, do some draw back on. And the door to the blind was facing the exact direction the birds were facing. So we kind of pulled two stakes out of the blind real quick and Tim army crawled out the bottom, dropped back probably 40 yards and started doing some drop back calling. He worked in and 
he kept working and kept working in. Tim came back in and he came in and there was, I'm, I'm not going to forget it either. I won't forget it till the day I die. I guarantee it. <clears throat> in the opening where the probably 15 yards in front of the decoys, there was just an opening where there was a down tree. And I don't, we were working this bird for like an hour and a half. And this, it went in this opening where this down tree was, it was just a perfect sunspot. This bird crosses over these trees, full strut, strutted up, all puffed up right in the middle of the sun. It was absolutely awesome. And he came in a little bit closer. I wasn't sure how much closer he was going to get. So I took a shot at him. And actually, I, I keep watching the video because Tim was recording on his phone. I should have shot when I shot because after I keep looking at the video, he went full strut. So I think that's why he soaked up most of those BBs. Fortunately, he didn't die. So that was our Sunday morning hunt on the old Clark Ranch. Yeah, Saturday morning hunt. Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up getting this whole thing on video. Pretty much when I crawled back into the blind, the bird had sort of changed direction. He was coming in. So he was gobbling and strutting. He was just, he'd puff up and then he'd stretch out and gobble and I thought, man, if this thing hangs up behind that deadfall, we're not going to get him. And uh, so I'm just sitting there recording. I've got my phone up and somehow I was holding it pretty steady until it crossed that uh, that deadfall. And then I'm pretty sure you can hear my heartbeat accelerate. <laughs> and it was awesome. That thing came through and, you know, it was it was gobbling. I bet you we heard at least 100 gobbles that morning. Oh, at and least. It, it was it was insane. It was one of those you couldn't paint a better picture. You know, it was perfect. But uh, you know, and it really stinks to not be able to you know hang your tag on a bird after all that and everything. But I think the experience alone was worth. I know for me it was worth the price of admission. But I didn't. Come oh, absolutely. Day, so, but uh, man, it was a blast. And then Eric, you had a pretty eventful Saturday morning as well. Yeah, I mean. We, you know, you've heard guys talk about they just have a deer killing spot, or in this case, a turkey killing spot. For whatever reason, it's just the spot, and it's that spot every single year. Which it's not taking anything away from it. I mean, it's still hunting, but you're always going to be in whatever you're going after. And uh, so his buddy John takes me out um, to this spot, and we'd hunted it the night before, and this was right when we got that uh, big heat wave, and so we couldn't we couldn't stand it Friday night. I mean, we all were soaking wet. It was so hot. So we just scrapped it. We didn't see anything Friday night. We went back to that same area. We just put up a different blind, moved a little ways down. And similar to TJ and, and, and Tim, I mean, they were ripping off the limb. And then once they hit the ground and at one point, and, it, and John will verify this. I think we had either three or four, birds hammering at the same time i was like what is going on you know knowing the size of the parcel where we're i'm like how is this even possible but we were in it and and nothing presented a shot they skirted right behind us and then just worked back off into the timber and uh, we knew the rainstorm was coming so again thinking we come back here in the evening we come back here tomorrow uh there were options but we wanted to try something different and so that again was worth the price of admission. Like it was, it was great. We were in birds. We were interacting with them. We were calling them. We, we, we had a chance, but we said, let's, 
let's stretch our legs and try something different. So Tim was monitoring the weather. TJ had already had multiple encounters, so he was feeling good. I, I was feeling good. I was having fun. I mean, I was in birds, you know. Not being in birds is is way worse than 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 being in birds, but not getting a shot. So I said, "Yeah, I'm up for anything." And so we said, "All right, let's uh, let's go west and and see what we can't get into." And yeah, so I got done uh, coaching my soccer game, and I'm calling him, and I'm like, you know, we can meet somewhere in the middle. You know, we can try something. And they're like, "No, no." It's about the same drive. We'll come over there and see you. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, I got a spot. You know, I know that there's birds there. It's like the most freaking like pressured piece of public land around, but there's millions of turkeys. Like, I'm like, shouldn't be a problem. I pull in there and two things right off the bat. One was... They were planning all the fields. So I was like, oh, shit, that, that messes things up. So I'm like, man, and then these guys are leaving all these birds everywhere, you know, and they're going to come over here. And then, two, I didn't have any bug spray, and I never encountered mosquitoes like this, like, in my lifetime. And so I was like, oh, man, I hope these guys got bug spray. They're like, we got, they pull in, they got, like, we got thermocells. And I'm like, okay. But it was cool because, you know, you guys came over and we were going to try and like, like just to hang out would have been just fine, you know, uh, but to come over and hunt. And then it's like, it's like, all right, like you guys hear me talk a lot, uh, you know, on here, like whatever. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's turkeys, like turkeys are no big deal. You know, now it's like, okay, you know, put up or shut up, you know? So I'm like, okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. So, um, yeah, they, these guys come in and we get out of the car, kind of give them the lay of the land. And but I had gotten there before they did, so I had walked out a little bit and I'd heard some birds. I, I'd heard a hen calling, and this was like I want to say it was like two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon. So when I had pulled in there, there were two trucks that were leaving out of there, but there was no other vehicles like on the property. So I was like, okay. Well, it's either a really good thing or a really bad thing. <laughs> like, you know, there maybe maybe there's no birds. And I know, I mean, I had a guy shoot a bird, shoot at a bird right out in front of me there. I've had guys walk up on you. I mean, there, this this place has lots of pressure. But I think kind of like to Tim's point, you just don't ever hunt there in the in the evening. But I've been out there and roosted them in the evening, and so I'm like know where they're at. And then Frank is a big proponent of like the one o'clock time frame. Like he, he loves to hunt birds or kill birds. Like in these, he calls them like the little queer spots, like where the turkeys want to be. And that was kind of like what you were talking about, Tim, when you were talking about your property and how there's no ag there, but it's like open timber. And I think from what we've seen, it's like, especially like that day was super hot. I don't know how hot it was, but it was like high eighties or into the nineties or something. It was, it had to been pushing ninety. Yeah, it was it was terrible. Um but I think what happens is those those birds don't want to be out in that field just in that sun. So they want to get back where it's cool and they can scratch around and stuff. And that was something that Eric, you know, what you had talked about earlier and I just figured I'd bring it up now. Um like you're not hunting scrapes or you're not hunting rubs and stuff, but when we were out there, you were like, I've heard people talk about dusting bowls. I've heard people talk about, you know, see, you know, I mean, the scratching and all that stuff. And it's like, you're like, I've never seen one of these before. Like they do exist. It's real. 
I see it scratching, you know, because we get loads of snow and, and we've got tons of oak stands. And so, especially in the snow, we get snow in May, just like you guys. So I've seen that and I've seen it scouting and seen it, you know, on ridges and things like that, benches, but dusting bowls, I've just, this is me personally, I've never really seen. And I think because you guys have that sandier soil, it either stands out or it's easier for them to do. Again, I'm not saying I'm a great turkey hunter by any means, but I've never seen them. And Adam is downplaying this here, right? So we've got the Clark family ranch and Adam is truly a guide service. He's like dusting bowl, dusting bowl. And as I'm sure we'll get to, there's turkeys here, there's turkeys here, there's turkeys here. I mean, again, I couldn't describe it any better, but being like so blase and I'm just like, what is going on here? I mean, that, that evening hunt was worth the, it was just, it was fun. Also, again, going back to what I said earlier, like it's just easier to do with people whether you're new or you've been doing it a while, people are more apt to doing it. And that's that's why it was a no-brainer to go out and meet up and, you know, take an adventure. So, but yeah, lots of sign, lots of sign. Well, I, so we just walked out and so I'm, I'm, I'm just giving them the, like the play by play here. I'm like, all right, well, this is what happens. Like we're going to go quietly around this field because sometimes they're out there and then, when we came back through there, there was dusting bowls everywhere. And then I'm like, okay, it's going to, we're going to cross this Creek. It's going to narrow down. There's a ditch there. Like, uh, and I'm like, I know Frank always calls right here because there's turkeys here. We've called them off the roost right here. We've called them in the middle of the day. And like, I step into this opening and there's freaking hens in the dusting bowls. I'm like, God damn it. Like these guys drove all this way, you know, from forever. And I'm kicking turkeys out. And Eric's like, I can't believe that there's just, we're just walking up on turkeys. Like there's just turkeys everywhere, you know? So I'm like, okay, we're going to cross this bridge. And it, we, we went like maybe a hundred yards and then we turned uh, 90 degrees to head uh, back to the North. We cross this ditch and the, there's another creek that runs there, but there's, I've called turkeys right there and we walk up and there's a freaking coyote that runs across. And I'm like, oh man. But I'm like, that's not a bad thing because those other hens had run back in there. So there's more turkeys in there. You know, they talk about midday. Like, even I've heard of guys like, like literally getting up and running and busting up these flocks just so they can call them back in. So I'm like, well, I know there's turkeys there that went back in there. And if there was a coyote in there, they're probably all running around. So they got to regroup. So I'm like, I've called in a bunch of turkeys from a bunch of different directions right here. So I'm like, well, why don't you guys set up here? And I'm like, there's another field. Like, I don't know, what was it? Two or 300 yards down the, this thing. And Eric's just looking around and he's like, I think turkeys would be in here. <laughs> like, it's like, this is like, a, I think you could kill one like right here. And I'm like, well, let's get to the end of this thing. It opens up. There's a little island in the middle and uh, we're walking through and all of a sudden I'm just like, get down. <laughs> you know, and Eric's like, what? Huh? Huh? And I'm like, get over there. There's turkeys right here in this little field. And like, I can't imagine what you guys were thinking, like when you heard this, Tim, but you know, so we sit down and, uh, I don't know. I think you should probably tell the story, Eric, and I'll, 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 I'll chime in from, from my perspective. Well, I need people to give me the benefit of doubt here. (laughs) I, I I need a little bit of grace here. So I think, I think before I tell my part, Tim needs to insert himself and give a little bit of background before I do. We share the, <laughs> the, the, the highlight of the trip, as I would call it. Yeah. So before we 
struck out with Adam's guide service, um, we had realized that um, when we were leaving my place, we had realized that TJ's gun didn't have a turkey choke in it. And Eric's was, I think it was a full, wasn't it? Yeah, mine was just a full, not a turkey. I had my bow and my gun. I was fine. I was yeah. good to go. So, was good. And I had a brand new bow. But I was, I was going, hey, you know what? I've got this killer tried and true turkey gun that I've been slinging these three and a half inch, uh, you know, turkey loads out of it and with the same choke tube for, you know, 15 years or whatever. And, and I was like, this thing is, we're not going to have any malfunctions with anything. Cause the bird that TJ had shot at was like 32 yards. I think we had figured and, um, and it didn't kill it. So I thought, man, we should bring my gun along. And so we brought actually both my turkey guns. And I said, here, Eric, use mine. It's there, it's a slam dunk, you know, no problem. This thing can shoot 60 yards, no problem. I patterned it that far. And I the longest shot I've ever taken at a bird with it was and killed it was 62, which was a that was a handful of years ago, but rolled it, you know, it's it's just it's a good gun. Well, it was. <laughs> till Aaron and, got a hold of it well no so <laughs> so I've got to tell a little bit well maybe I'll chime in after yeah. after the play-by-play so Eric has an unfamiliar weapon which we don't recommend but this is in the terms of unfamiliar weapons this is a, a very uh, you can tell like the the clear coat on the stock is like completely off uh, you know, like where it's been shouldered, you can see the cheek weld in it. This is a very loved Remington 870. So if you're familiar with shotguns, it's not like we handed him a, a gun that was like, you know, some crazy weird. No, no, this is a very functional Remington 870, but it just didn't happen to be his 870. So continue. So I, I I don't know how you guys describe it. It's it's a logging road, as the way I would describe it, or it's a tractor path in between these two clearings. It's not ag, but it's just a clearing, and it connects further trails or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, Adam's guide service or the Miller guide service knows where we're going, and and I was closest to the tree line, so it's probably well, I don't know, fifteen twenty foot wide path. And so Adam's to my immediate left. So he can see around the corner a little bit sooner than I can. And he goes, Hey, get down. There's some turkeys. And he goes, slide up, slide up against those trees. So Adam drops right, right in the middle, uh, right off to the side in the lane. And so he's up against the first grouping of little saplings. And so I'm tucked up into the timber and facing straight ahead of me are these turkeys. And so I get my gun up and, and I get ready. And if, if any of you guys have had this scenario where you have someone calling for you um, or you're hunting out of a tree together, um, you know, Adam can see to the left far better than I can. And it's open to the left. And so I can see the turkeys directly in front of me. They're coming from right to left towards this opening, just an opening in, in, in the timber or, or along this tractor path. And I, how many birds were there? Did we end up realizing was it five, five or six? Five. five. Okay, so it ended up being three jakes and two hens. And so I was aware that, 
you know, some of them were Jake's and some of them were hens and the hens cleared all the way out to the left. Adam, I don't even think he called a little bit, but then he started scratching and he's tucked up against these saplings. Wasn't much room to hide. And so they're looking for him. They're poking their heads up at him, trying to find him. And so the hens slide to their right, which would have been to our left. And they're looking down that lane. And I mean, you can see 150 yards straight down in the timber on that lane or that logging road. And I'm tucked up in the tree. I got my gun up. I got my offhand on the gun, holding it up against the tree. And Adam, jump in at any point. Yeah. So I say, I say, get down, get up there and just get comfortable. And so he gets comfortable. And I, I just, I said, okay, you're good. He gave me the thumbs up. I gave like two little like sets of yelps. I just like went, yelp, 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 yelp. And then I waited like a little bit. And then I gave like a couple more yelps and it was like, I don't know. 30 seconds later that hen pops out and this it was 32 steps from me so it was probably 25 yards from eric i mean it, they were right there but i you know I, I didn't know if he couldn't see him or whatever but one thing is like i had mentioned that there was mosquitoes but this was like there was like eight trillion mosquitoes and that might be an understatement and I mean, I'm just like putting my like elbows as tight as I can to me myself and like trying to keep these bugs off of my hands, like where my shirt meets my gloves. I got a mask on. I'm, I'm like trying to be covered up as possible. And Eric's up here, like, here comes another turkey. Here comes another turkey. And he's got his off hand and he's swatting at mosquitoes like he's just like wafting them away. And I'm like, he's got to see him. I'm like, is he not going to shoot a Jake? Or like, what the hell, man? Like, <laughs> I'm losing blood here quickly. <laughs> like, what's going on? And then I realized he must not be able to see him because they're, they're like kind of weaving in and out and, and looking around. And I'm like, something's going to happen here pretty quickly. So, <laughs> So, yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> It, it the mosquitoes were so bad that I almost considered just putting the gun down and busting the birds out. I mean, and I had a mask on and gloves and everything. I mean, it I had never experienced anything like that, but I couldn't get a shot. And yeah, there was some brush in front of me, but there was nothing that was giving me a shot. And so I tried to swing the gun left, but then I realized it was a hen. And so of the three Jakes, one of them was a really, really small Jake. I, I couldn't make out the beard. I, I only noticed it by the red head and the other two, I just, I, I couldn't find him. And eventually I had an opportunity at one. So, you know, Adam was scratching the leaves or doing whatever. And, and, and the whole time, I don't know what's going through your head. Probably like, what is he doing? Because I know you can see them and I know where they are. I can't see them though. And I'm thinking that he's thinking like, I'm crazy or like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing or I don't even know how to shoot this gun. And <laughs> I think at one point you said, you watched my finger go on. Oh yeah. I was off, watching it. I was like, he was going on and off and on and off. And I'm like, is he, what's going on? What the hell? Cause I've been I mean, in the situation almost identical with my brother, but, but, but it's usually with gobbling birds and my brother can't hear anything. So I'm like, what is he doing? Like, like turn, turn, turn my dad the same way. It's like if I, when I can see him, like the other guy's not doing it. And that's what I thought you were going to say when you did the drop back calling, like, that's one thing that we messed up on, like with elk, was like there was no signal. Like we should have had a signal of like 
I'll give a couple of calls and then you call like if there's nothing there. Cause I messed up John, the one elk that I called in for John, just because I started walking back. Cause it was like, it's like 20 minutes that, you know, nothing's happening. We've heard not, no noise or anything like that. So, you know, that, that's kind of what I thought you were, you were getting at, but that lack of being able to communicate, like gets well, we, tough. We were, we were frozen, but also I think the movement we were giving up was to fight off the mosquitoes. What in hindsight, similar to the sto- TJ story, I didn't have a mouth call in because again, this is one of the times I get to hunt with people. So I was like, this is great. I'm not carrying any calls. I'm just going to sit back. So I would have had a mouth call in. I probably could have given a little yelp, 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 and it might've popped its head up, which would have given me a better shot or let me locate it. At the same time, Adam was lower than me, but he could see more in the clearing. And so if Adam even would have known to have given a yelp yelp at that point he might have got something to pop up but he couldn't see the birds that i were looking at so eventually i get my bead on one of them and i get it lined up and i'm like okay this is as good of a shot as i'm gonna get i said i know i'm shooting through brush and there was no point in ranging it i mean you know 30 yards 40 yards whatever they were they were around 30 yards totally comfortable shot in the turkey woods especially especially with this gun that has all this prestige behind it, all this talk behind it, all this hype behind it. Like you can go out to 60 yards. I'm like, great. Awesome. And so I take the shot and I can, well, I miss, like I completely miss. The turkey and immediately went into flight. Like it, it didn't even like, it didn't roll. It didn't like, there wasn't like this big giant burst of feathers or anything. It like just like it, there was a shot and then there was just wings and it was flying and the other ones are all running around. I'm going, what in the world? You know? And I aimed, I aimed, I said, screw it. I'm going for the waddle. I'm going, you know, right there, waddle, boom. I'm, I'm going to hit something. And so I turned it at him and I'm like, should I have shot earlier? And, and, and in the most relaxed, casual way, he goes, oh, I, I guess I would have shot a little earlier. Yeah. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm beating myself up. He's putting me on birds. We drove all this way. And in the back of my mind also is Tim and TJ are like 300 yards behind us. They're probably hooting and hollering and celebrating. I don't know what they're thinking. But I'm like, man, I just let everyone down. And Adam delivered it right to the doorstep. And that's not the case, though. That is not the case. So no, that's I don't what know I mean. where we want to transition here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I'm, I'm looking at... Uh, Eric and I'm like, I'm like, well, there's another Jake right up there. You know, I mean, he was probably a hundred yards out, 120 yards or something. And, uh, you know, I tried calling and they, they were alarm putting and stuff, but they were just kind of hanging out there. But at that point we'd already, I mean, we'd given up our position. Right. But it was like, we were moving around and the mosquitoes were so bad. Like we stayed there for maybe like another five minutes and then we were like, well, let's go see if there's any blood, any feathers. And there was not a feather. There wasn't anything. So we were like, okay, well, the turkeys ran in here. We'll just kind of circle around them. And there was like this little marsh up there. So we're like, if we can get around that, we can probably get in there. And we set up and I'm getting set up and the mosquitoes were just too bad. Like it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, so we're like, all right, well, we'll walk out and find those guys and see what happened. And we get to w- walking back and, you know, I, I know Eric was pretty bummed about like the whole situation and like, 
he's still, I mean, even like to this day, like he still seems pretty stunned that there's just that many turkeys that they're just, you can just walk out and find them. Like it's, it, but it's like what I've been saying, <laughs> like for us, like turkey hunting is just like, well, there's turkeys there. We'll find them. Not a <laughs> no big deal. We're walking out and he like literally just about steps on what had to have been a nesting hen that we walked. Right. And he's like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> turkey, turkeys everywhere. You know, like, Listen, I, I, I was in birds all year in New York. Okay. I worked for them and I have no shame in saying that. It's what I worked really hard to get on the birds that I did or find them or put cameras on them or whatever. And, and I had a great season, fun season, but it was not like what we had in Michigan. Yes. I almost stepped on a hen there and I just lost it. I was like, what is going on here? This is, this is ridiculous. They're just, they're mocking me at this point. They're mocking me and TJ, right? They're mo- the stars are not aligned. So. And he's like, when was the last time you were on this property? I'm like, I don't know, three years ago or so. And he's like, you're yeah. kidding me. You're I was kidding. like, are you serious? You haven't been here in three years? I was like, oh my God. But so. I think it's it kind of goes to that point, right, where everybody wants to, like, what do you do when turkeys aren't gobbling? Or like, what, you know, if you can't hear them and... You know, like later in the day, we able we were able to see some and try to figure out like what was going on. But it's like you just kind of have to know where the turkeys want to be at that time of the day. Like what you said in the beginning, you know, you were like ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Like probably something's going to happen. Well, in the evening, these turkeys I feel like are just kind of like you know, like Frank says, just doing turkey shit. But they're just kind of hanging out, eating bugs. In the sun, back in the shade, you know, so if you can find a spot where they're not going to be messed with too much, they might not be gobbling because they, you know, every one of their friends that ever gobbled is dead now, but they're just hanging out. And so you just need to get there and get to a spot where they want to be and they'll eventually work their way by or you can get one worked up. But I mean, even in that sense, late in the day, you can see a bunch of hens by just going to where turkeys want to be you can usually call on hens pretty easy you know and then it's just a matter of time before the toms come in and that's kind of what i was banking on with this is like i was like i know that there'll be turkeys back there because nobody really wants to go out there it's not fun to you know to have to go walk and do all this stuff when there's turkeys in the fields that you know guys are can roost or that are goblin and you know those are the ones you see driving by so but after you had kicked up that nested hen, we walked back to see uh, Tim and TJ, and we're sitting there reviewing it, and then Tim kind of had some sort of uh, realization. Yeah, so TJ and I were sitting there just getting annihilated by mosquitoes, and we were tucked in at a different little clearing and hadn't been there what seemed like five or ten minutes after you guys walked away and heard the shot. And we were like, there's no way that wasn't Eric like that had to have been. <laughs> and so we were pretty jacked. I mean, TJ and I were like, yeah, you know, we're sitting there fist pumping going, this is sweet. You know, we, we definitely are, we're in them now. It's, this is good, you know, and we're sitting there just swatting. Mos- I've never seen mosquitoes so bad dying and um, just waiting to see you guys walking down the trail, you know, carrying a bird. And when you showed up without a bird, we were like, oh man, bummer, you know? Well, then we're all standing there processing this, telling the story of what happened and everything. And 
Eric leaned that gun against a tree and we're all standing there talking. And I just happened to glance over and I noticed that choke tube is gone. And I'm like, now that's weird. I know it was in there because we had actually mentioned it at mm-hmm. the, at the car. And uh, I'm like, that choke tube's not in the gun. Where'd the tube go? And, and it was like this immediate realization of like, Oh no, something went wrong, you know? And so we ended up going back down there to where Eric had shot and retraced the steps and everything played the whole thing through. And what did it go like nine yards in front of you, Eric? Yeah. It was just in the brush in front of me shot right out the end of the gun. And so I was dumbfounded by this. I'm just going, how does that happen? You know? And so as I was trying to, you know, replay that and go, you know, what was the last, last time I knew that it was working right. And, uh, yeah, you have to pardon the dogs barking in the background there. Um, I was, I was thinking back and I think it was like February, uh, we were going to do some skeet shooting and I pulled that choke tube out and just put a regular modified in there. And we went shot skeet for a weekend. And I remember coming home and, uh, Sorry, hopefully that dog doesn't mess the audio up too bad. But um, but I got home from that skeet shooting weekend. And uh, when I put that turkey tube back in, I just I threw it back in there. And I had to I had to basically replay this a couple of times and just test it out after this whole weekend went down. But all I can figure is with all of the times that I've shot those high pressure three and a half inch mag loads through that it must have expanded the metal in that choke tube enough that when i went to thread it back into the barrel it feels like it threads in but it actually doesn't so there's like a three-quarter inch shoulder of a smooth bore before you get to the threads and i felt like it was threading into those threads but it was still just threading into that smooth part of the bore had no idea so i handed eric a just a trap i mean this thing wasn't going to shoot, <laughs> wasn't going to kill a turkey. And I, I feel terrible for it, but I mean, when, uh, when it went off, you know, and we're all excited and everything. And then this whole thing plays out, man, I'm kicking myself. I'm going, I should have just not even thought about, you know, bringing one of mine along. These guys had their weapons. Everything should have been just fine, but it still ended up being a, a phenomenal afternoon. Um, Aside from being able to punch that tag, though, that's uh, that's the big bummer of it. But, you know, it was for me a lesson in, you know, knowing and checking your equipment and and being sure of it. And, you know, I, I've never even heard of that scenario before where a choke tube gets, you know, too tight for the bore that it doesn't go in. So so it wasn't something that was a real obvious thing for me. But, man, just not the way you want to have your your uh, whole weekend of chasing turkeys out of state play out, but it sure was fun though. Yeah. Then we went back and um, went back and they were still planting one of those fields, but we went back to where I'd heard those turkeys and there was a, uh, a Tom in the, in the corner of this one field that we tried setting up on. And then there's another area where I'm like, I know they roost back here and we're kind of just wandering through there. And TJ's like, there's a bird, there's a bird. So we got some, excitement of crawling up on there and um you know it didn't actually you know pan out but um 
you know, like I say, the, the birds were there. It's just a matter of like knowing where they're going to be. And, uh, you know, I'm, like I say, I'm glad that you guys had fun. Like when I got back, like, yeah, I, I ran up and down the soccer field for, for an hour. But like when I got home, I had 10 miles on my, my watch. So I had like, you know, however many steps, but it was like 10 point some miles. So we put on some, some miles there walking on that piece of property and, and Eric's just like, this big piece of property. I'm like, this is only half of it. Like this is, <laughs> this is just, you know, you know, I, and that's one thing like here in Michigan, I've like come to realize is like when people are fretting about public land, like, like there's none around them. And it's like, uh, I can't throw a stone without getting a big chunk of public around me, at least. On your side of the state, Tim, is there pretty much the same? On my side, it's a little bit more cut up. Um, I think the closest stuff to me is within about 25, 30 minutes. And it's a lot of smaller chunks. That's one thing that's a little bit different from the east side of the state where I'm at to the west side where you're at. It's um, where I'm at is a lot of um, a lot of flatland stuff. It's a lot flatter over here and they're smaller parcels. So you can't really get, get very far from a road. Um, and it seems like there's in most places, multiple access points and, and it's not as easy to just, like you say, get out and walk for 10 miles or whatever <laughs> that, that place where you had us, there was a pretty good sized chunk where we can wander around and still not see the same thing twice. So there's, there's a lot of it over here, but it's just a little bit different, you know, type of cut up, you know, sort of smaller parcels for the most part. So TJ, like at that, uh, you know, that the second part of the day, you know, I understanding now what you'd said, you know, how you were just trying to like take it all in. But I mean, I felt really bad when you left because like, I'm like, he didn't say two words. The guy's like, I don't know. He's probably like close to six foot, maybe like a buck 50 and his elbows look like Popeye's forearms, like from the mosquito. I don't know if you're allergic to mosquitoes, like super bad but like he didn't say two words he was like mosquitoed up like a balloon and i was like oh shit <laughs> like so so like for you like being a new hunter like your hunting experience sounds like you know mostly kind of um private land and just dipping your toes into public like what was your what did you think about coming over and hunting like to to see the way that i guess i hunt or we hunt over here it's definitely, I learned a lot of new tactics that I wouldn't have thought of really, I guess. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm mainly private. Actually, when we went on that Michigan trail, that was the first time I've hunted public land. So. So you were just like trying to see like how uh, we approach it, I guess. Because, yeah. I mean, I guess uh, prior to this trip, or I guess, what did you take away from it? Like, if you were to do that on your own, how do you think you would have approached it versus the way that we did? <clears throat> to be honest, I don't even know how I would have approached it <laughs> because I've never done it before. So, just walk out there and give see? it a shot. I guess, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, I think a testament to like Eric and Tim, like f- saying, okay, 
like let's let's do this let's get out let's get together let's let's hunt and then you know for you to be like yeah i'll i'll come along um it's pretty awesome and they you know i was thinking about this like prior to this podcast about like how there's that i guess the disconnect between like the R3, like, do we really need more hunters? Do we need to get more people out there? You know, like, it's my spot. Like, I can't believe, you know, you'd bring people there, like, all this stuff. And it's like, man, the public land around here, there's so many people that hunt it. And to include more people, I mean, it it's almost a bad thing to bring them to a place like that just because, like, when we went and where we went, you know, luckily we didn't see anybody else or have any sort of experiences, but you might have the exact, you might be like, Oh my God, I'm going back there. We're going to go back there first thing. Like we're going to try and get the first season. And then there's 90 trucks there, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, so it, it, it really is like a double-edged sword, uh, with, with more people. But I think you make a great point in saying that I don't even know where I would have started or how to, how to go about it. And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm really happy that like, you know, to, to meet guys in person is, is great, but you know, to get you involved. And like I said, when you, when you were like, I, you didn't say two words and you're all mosquitoed up. I was like, Oh shit. Like he probably had a terrible time. Like it was probably awful. <laughs> Cause it was hot. It was it. sweaty. Like, man. No, no. I, I think the terrible time, was the phone call you gave us as we're like five miles out of the parking lot. And I think that oh, needs yeah. to be said because I cannot, I cannot uh, hype that up enough or I just can't emphasize that up enough. You know, we're eating, we're drinking, we're, man, it was a great day. High five. And all right, let's head home, plug in the GPS or whatever. Adam gives us the call. Well, yeah, I pulled out of there and I went and I was actually driving by uh, one of the places where I deer hunt and I looked out and I mean, there was 50 for sure turkeys and probably closer to a hundred. And I don't know, a quarter of them were like full fan, like out in this one field. And I was like, well, just, just because like, you know, I feel like Eric's downplaying like the way that he feels about seeing turkeys in the field because, it's like, I can't believe how many turkeys that you have in Michigan. And it's like, for me and living here, and I mean, to go to Frank's house, I have to pass a flock of 30 or 40 turkeys. And I'll do it on the Marco Polo. I'll get out the mouth call and I'll call and they'll gobble or I'll just lay on the horn and they'll gobble. But they're just in the middle of the road. Go to the Bowman's Club. They're in the middle of the road. Go to the Bowman's Club. They're on the course. Like, the turkeys are just a nuisance. And so there's all these turkeys in the field, and then maybe a hundred yards down the road, there's another full strut, white-headed turkey, no hens around, just lone showing off. And I just had to call and let you know that there there was more than what we had just seen, because you were keeping account. You're like eleven, a dozen, however many turkeys, you know. Yeah, it was it was eleven that day, and this I got into turkeys this year. I had chances. Me and my buddy. I should have doubled up. I missed. He killed one. Like, I was in turkeys. We had chances at them, but not dozens. There weren't dozens. And the ones that I was really hard after, both the times got shot on this specific piece of public, which I'm glad for those guys. But it's like, 
okay, they're shot. Now I got to go find other ones, you know, which is fine. That's part of it. But Adam's just like, ah, they're this there. I'm just like, Jesus. Tim, do you feel the same way about turkeys, like on your side of the state or Michigan or turkeys in general? Like they're just there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, I, I like to hunt turkeys, but I don't love to hunt turkeys. It's not like I'm not tore up with it like I am with whitetails. So it's something really fun to do in the spring. I love it. It's, you know, it's a blast to me, but I think you're right. You know, I've, I've kind of been spoiled over here. There's so many birds. Historically, there's been a lot of birds around my area. Um, I almost feel bad saying that. I don't want this to come across like Michigan's just overflowing with birds and everybody, everybody should come here and hunt, but, but they're pretty common. You know, you, you're going to see them most of the time in the spring, you're, you're going to see birds strutting in the fields and stuff. So, uh, you know, it's it actually kind of fun riding around with Eric and TJ because, you know, they're, they're seeing stuff through fresh eyes, you know, seeing that the display in a quarter of the fields that you drive past, you know, that's just, there's another one. What? There's another turkey. How can there be this many turkeys, you know? And, uh, you know, it's, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's places, there's a lot of places in the, in the country that are similar to that, but, um, you know, it was, it was really cool to experience it with those guys because I, I think I'm like you, Adam, where it's like, yeah, there, there's some more over there and there's some more over there. And yeah, I'm always excited about it, but man, those guys are, that was pretty cool to see the excitement on their faces. It was, it was cool. Well, I mean, like I say, I'm, I'm really glad that you guys like, made the trip just because it's always fun to hunt with other guys and, and, and to your point, guys that are fired up about it, you know, and I'm, I'm just happy that like it worked out in, in a, in the, I don't know, in the best, least best way, I guess like that we found turkeys and just didn't, weren't able to, to connect on them. But, um, I guess it gives a reason to come back and maybe something to do. And like we had talked about, you know, trying to do something for deer season similarly where, you know, just to be able to get together and, and kind of hang out without the pressure, like the smallest deer contest or something. Um, so it takes the, takes the pressure off, <laughs> but yeah, I think I'll add to that too, because I think this experience taught me one thing real clear that was, you know, these guys being willing to, to travel, you know, six, seven hours, whatever it was to, to get here and hunt, hunting turkeys with friends is, is a blast. Um, you know, it's, it's fun to, to go on deer hunts and do the deer camp thing, but the majority of the fun in a, in a deer camp setting is actual camp time. It's not so much the, in the field time. And, and this was just a pile of fun, every bit of it, you know, sitting out in the blind and, and calling to birds and having them gobble and being able to sit there and just, you know, be fired up together. And then the rest of the, you know, driving around and stomping around, you know, all four of us, you know, getting annihilated by mosquitoes and just having every, you know, every bit of it was, was a fun experience. So, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, for the listener going, boy, that sounds like fun. If you've got the opportunity to do it, or you want to put something together man, you know, get a couple of buddies and go have some fun doing it because it was quite the experience. It was totally worth saying, Hey, let's, let's make a long weekend and have some fun 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing, you know, with, with deer and that, and then I think that's why you said that, like we have to make it like any deer type thing or, or something like that, because I think people take it super, super serious, a lot more serious. And like, I know I've said it before, but you know, you're, I mean, Eric, maybe because he's running trail camps for turkeys, but you know, you don't name them. You're not like that one's got the, the, that triple beard with those. They might be inch and a half spurs, but I, you know, if they let them go another year, they'll probably be two inches. Like that's not the way that people hunt or care about turkeys in my neck of the woods or that I've ever really encountered. So I think that that may be like what kind of sets it apart. And I think that that deer camp feeling, um, you know, if you could, if you made it a little bit more, uh, inviting or less competitive, uh, in that sense, uh, would make it a lot, a lot of fun and just for the camaraderie type, type aspect. But, um, yeah, we'll have to, Put something like that together. Um, any closing thoughts from you guys on uh, on your experience, TJ, Eric? Oh, just got some unfinished business in Michigan. We'll uh, <laughs> try and see if we can sort it out again next year. Uh, tag wise, price wise, it's great. You know, plan for it. So made sure it worked with everyone's schedules and it, and it lined up, including you know the turkeys working for us that that trip. So if you guys haven't done it, do it. I certainly how like i said as an adult onset hunter it's just enabled me to have more opportunities going to different states for different things and i'm not claiming to be anything special at all in any capacity but i just try and get out there as much as i can and this was just another one of those experiences like tj said so definitely some unfinished business and we'll see what we can figure out next time tj yeah yeah i'd love, love to definitely try and get back there next year um I've learned a ton i loved every minute of it <clears throat> i want to thank Tim and you, Adam, again, for just the hospitality and just having us come down and Tim for giving us some somewhere to stay, feeding us. It was just an awesome time. Definitely want to do it again. Well, awesome. Like I say, I'm, I'm just happy that, you know, it all kind of worked out. And I think the, the smiles tell, tell the story, uh, you know, for the most yeah. part. Now for you, TJ, like, are you already like geeked up for next year turkey season? Is your season done or? Yeah, so our season just ended yesterday. So um, I'm ready to go again, man. I, I'm definitely fired up for next season. Awesome. Well, I mean, I, for, for for all of you, Tim and, and Eric, I think that, you know, that, that tells the story right there. You've got someone who's never hunted turkeys before. You know, both of you got them on birds. I mean, got them shots on birds, you know, whatever. Um, we, we provided him a choke tube that fits in his gun that might... Uh, yeah, might help out that. and uh, hopefully we'll get uh, a different outcome next year but uh, yeah I think that's kind of all we got I, I want to appreciate like I said for you guys making the trip over and, and taking the time tonight to, to kind of to recap I think this one's fun um, so I think everybody's going to kind of enjoy it but yeah I think that's all we got so thanks guys <laughs>